It's like e-commerce revolutionized in Bangladesh through mobile internet and making a positive impact on the lives of millions of people from a health perspective. That's about it. <laughs> Welcome to the Epic Angels podcast. Every episode, we put the spotlight on one of our portfolio startups. My name is Mikey. And my name is Hester. After the conversation with the founder, Mikey and I will have a conversation together with one of our Epic Angels to reflect on this investment. We have a really exciting startup for you today, Aroga, the number one online pharmacy in Bangladesh. They provide 100% genuine, convenient, and cheaper medicines at your doorstep. I'm especially excited since Aroga was the very first company Epic Angels invested in. We now have the opportunity to invest in them again. Rosina and Yawar, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Micah. Nice to meet you. Hi, Micah. So let's start with learning more about you. You were originally angel investors interested in investing in Aroga, but instead you became part of the team. What happened? I think it was over COVID when we were just looking for a brand new challenge and Bangladesh from a startup ecosystem perspective was a really exciting place. And a friend of ours actually said, why don't you just look into mentoring or just cutting some small checks and investing in startups in Bangladesh? And we came across Aroga. So we actually have two co-founders, Fahad, who's my COO, and Shamim, who's my CTO. And they had built an awesome app solving for some serious problems in Bangladesh. And we just loved what they were doing so much that we wanted to be involved in the story and the journey for making this a really amazing health tech platform that won't just deliver medicine, but also give other verticals as well that we can touch on later. Yeah. And, and I remember two years ago when we made that first investment in Aroga, that the physical pharmacies in Bangladesh, they're so poorly stocked, unregulated, high percentage of counterfeit medicines. I, I was completely shocked when I heard that. And that's, of course, where you come in by completely changing that world. Can you tell a little bit more about that proposition? Yeah, so we're totally disrupting the healthcare market. There are over 250,000 pharmacies in Bangladesh and half of them have a license. And typically those pharmacies are very small, they're not well stocked. So when you get a prescription from a doctor, you as a sick, ill person has to visit three to four different pharmacies to find the medicines that you need. So already the customer journey is quite frustrating and not a very pleasant one. So this is where Aroga comes in and we solve for all these problems. We get medicines directly from the manufacturers to ensure that they are 100% genuine. There is a counterfeit medicine problem in Bangladesh where over 20% of medicines is actually counterfeit, even the ones in pharmacies. We deliver directly to your door, so we're super convenient. And because we deal directly with the manufacturers and we buy in bulk, we can be up to 10% cheaper in a very price-sensitive market where people are paying for their own healthcare. What I really admire about your approach, where normally companies in Bangladesh throw people at the problem, and you build the tech to really create this reliable and scalable solution. Could you tell a bit more about your tech and the operational excellence that you've been able to achieve? Yeah, I think we looked at the problem early on, problems around logistics, delivery, then the medicine element, providing medicine to people that probably didn't have access. There's, there's a big impact angle to it as well. The problem fundamentally is bad infrastructure and logistics. And what startups have been doing is throwing a lot of cheap labor to solve the problem. That works for a certain scale, but when you're scaling from 
say, uh, 500 orders to 2,000 orders, that becomes a different problem altogether. You can't manually process that many orders without having a tech platform. So we kind of concentrated on that very early, and we understood that, that we have to solve everything to tech, and it has to be a tech-enabled platform all around. From when the medicine comes in, the order comes in, the processing, packing, the logistic delivery going out, the route mapping, everything has to be done through tech. So it's efficient. And that investment has played out well for us. We are serving the whole of Bangladesh on one warehouse. We are going for a model where because of the density of the population in Bangladesh, where you have about 168 million people, that's bigger than the size of Russia. In a in a landmass, that's 1% size of Russia. So just that's mind-boggling, right? And that serves a, a positive unit economics for us. A rider can get around Dhaka City doing 30 deliveries in a day, where in other regions, it's just impossible to do that kind of delivery in one day. So the tech helped scale, and we are seeing that benefit now. The warehouse is very efficiently used. One warehouse serving the whole of Bangladesh, one warehouse serving the whole of uh, Dhaka City, and we're underutilized still. We can do another 5x from here in this one warehouse. And what I understood as well with the the way you've built your tech, uh, that you can manage your inventory, that you've been able to basically be cash flow positive. Eh? You deliver the medicine already before you need to pay it to the manufacturer. Absolutely. Yeah. So we have invested in all sorts of technology. We invested in accounting. We even made our own leave management holiday system. We need to know when people are out, what delivery driver, when they're taking time off so we can plan ahead. And if we integrated with another software, it just didn't work the way we wanted it to work. So we built that in-house. The inventory management system is also inbuilt. We started understanding from very early on how to have a good grasp on inventory. We need to buy medicine at the right time, at the right price, at the right logistical flow that can, comes in and gets it done just in time method. So now we have reduced that to two weeks. We turn around our inventory in two weeks. Even we sell them before we have to pay. Just to add, what Shamim, our CTO, has done is he's made it really user-friendly for people to make an order very quickly. There is a lot of information about medicines on the app as well, which is a great point of reference. There isn't really a platform that shows what different medicines do or alternatives to different medicines as well. So in terms of a database of knowledge, that is a real plus point for us. And also we have a status bar showing what's happening to your order because we really feel that medicine is such an important product that you need to know what's happening. When has the order come in? When is it being picked and processed? When is it actually out for delivery? And we're one of the very few apps in Bangladesh that do that. And that's also a trust building exercise. So we have thought about a lot of things to make sure this tech platform not only from an operational perspective works, but from a user perspective when someone is actually ordering medicine. But then, as Yara mentioned, the delivery drivers have their own app. The warehouse staff have their own app. The holiday leave, the finance side, it all talks to each other. And that is purely so that we are a scalable product. Yeah, that B2C proposition is solid, right? What you told me as well, that you're the largest buyer of medicine from these pharma companies after the government. In Bangladesh, so that's amazing volume. Just to call out a few stats, so you delivered more than 10 million medicines since you are around an average monthly growth of 17%. 
74x revenue since the launch. I mean, I've been following you since the last two and a half years, of course, since our first investment. And I, it's just amazing at what you've really have accomplished. Can you tell us a little bit more about where you expect this big to see proposition to go to? Because you're not only doing the medicine delivery, but you have further plans as well to expand on that B2C proposition. So we do have some complementary services that we're building the tech for and are te in testing phases at the moment. And one of those more natural services is doctor consultations. So if somebody wants to speak to a doctor, they can get an appointment and then a digital prescription will be provided and then we can provide the medicine directly to your door. Also lab testing as well, where a rider will come out and a trained phlebotomist will take a sample and then we will get that tested and then a digital report will be sent to the patient or the customer. And we're working with some of the best labs in Dhaka City at the moment and have some MOUs in place already. So those two are really exciting. Obviously, there is things like health insurance too. And we're working with MetLife, which is the largest health insurance company in Bangladesh, to be their last mile delivery partner. So lots of opportunities to become a super health tech platform app. So yeah, quite exciting for us. We have a long-term strategy. Our laser focus is on B2C right now. We see that as a vehicle for us to take to a next level. We need to get that right. We need to capture the online pharmacy market. And then as time passes, we can provide a lot of more verticals that are complementary, even shift to the left, shift to the right, up, down within the health space. So going into, like Rosie mentioned, lab testing, doctor consultation, then having verticals such as herbal products or other skincare products that's related, we are becoming that all-encompassing platform. In the future, we have a lot of data that we're collecting. We will have the pulse of the nation, literally. We can predict like where people are taking what medicine, what's happening in a certain area. We can use that data for health insurance and government planning. So data plays something that we can do in the future. But in, in the near term, we have all these to cover. And I mean, this B2C part, super exciting, many, many options, much potential that you have there. But you have that bigger vision even, right? To really get to that healthcare ecosystem, not only B2C, but also further expanding into B2B, as supplying physical pharmacies and having mm. your own brand to that as well. What can you share about that? I think the B2B play is more to fix supply chain and is not going to be a major focus of ours. We have been approached by several pharmacies for stock because it's convenient and the price is just easy for them and more efficient for them. Um, and also the the distribution, it works a bit different in Bangladesh as well. Not There isn't a, necessarily a formalized distribution channel in Bangladesh. And so we can ultimately help there. But as you mentioned, yes, we will have private label products that we can put, spread out and into that network of B2B customers that we do have. But the, the ultimate play is on the B2C side. I love it how these expansion plans that you have, they're a natural fit to what you currently have, right? You don't need to necessarily build something complete different. It just allows you to unlock some better margins, of course, and further utilize your efficient tech solutions and your delivery operations. So I think that that's where it plays a role. Absolutely correct. That's exactly. B2B is not a focus, but it's a natural product of what we're doing. It's something that we can do and get volume and margins from there because of that. So why not, you know? 
Yeah, yeah, you got a lot of traction already coming in. Mm-hmm. Now let's take a step back and look at Bangladesh. Not everyone listening might be familiar with Bangladesh. I mean, you already mentioned some numbers. Yeah, where it's actually the eighth largest population in the world. I think 168 million you just mentioned. But it's also a very internet savvy population. There were 70% of the population is under 35 years old, also known as the tiger of Asia with one of the fastest growing economies in the world. I read in 2022, the GDP growth was 7.25%, even higher than India. Amazing right, for a tech company like you guys. Can you tell us a little bit more about Bangladesh so that our investors can better understand the opportunity? All that you've mentioned is all correct. And great, but what is more important, I think, what the investors should understand, the stability of it, right, in the region. So we had those growth for 10, 20 years straight. It's not that we have been fluctuating. If you compare us to the region, no one has been so stable as us, India, Pakistan. We've been stable, growing, economic condition has been great, uh, political condition has been stable, and that which is giving us this tiger economy boost, and we are thinking... We're picked to become a trillion-dollar economy by 2040, which is amazing for us. Uh, all this uh, young population moving to digital e- economy, everything is becoming digitized. Banking system, sending money is probably the easiest I've ever f- seen in the world. I've lived in the West, in the U.S., and the U.K. You can pay for your groceries or you can pay for your tuk-tuk ride with your mobile app. So what's happening in Bangladesh is... They're jumping from zero to 100. Well, the West had a progression slowly where Bangladesh is going from zero, from having not nothing, to a fast move into mobile internet age. So the acceleration has been massive. And because it's not gradual, it's so quick, everyone's adopting quicker. They don't have to go through the stages. They're just going from one technology of having nothing to having a mobile phone and accessing everything through that. I think it's a super exciting opportunity. And you're currently raising a seed round between three and a half and five million. About half of the round is already committed. Your lead is a VC firm based in New York, the Venture Collective, TVC. And also in earlier rounds, you've been able to attract US-based investors, a hyper from San Francisco. That's not easy to do. How do you accomplish that? What's your secret here? <laughs> it was it was really exciting to get Hyper. They're backed by Andreessen and Sequoia. And we were their first Asian investment and their first investment in Bangladesh. So it was amazing to have them on board as the largest check, actually, in the last round. We were invited out to San Francisco and we had this whole kickoff for Hyper. And we were with some other amazing founders, you know, doing amazing things. So that was really validating for us and quite humbling for us to think that these little startup from Bangladesh was selected by them. So that was that was really, really positive for us. And why are they so excited to invest in Bangladesh or to invest in you? I think it's just we're solving for a, a major kind of problem. And what we're offering is something that is amazing. And the traction that we were able to show from starting in December 2020 with just $6,000 of revenue to this month, for example, where we're looking to hit a top line of half a million, the growth has been incredible. And this has all been organic without a formalized marketing plan. 
So this is a service that, you know, there's nothing else that exists in its place. We're first to market. We have a great co-founding team. Us four founders come together with different skill sets. And I think that really works to help push the company forward. So I think that's what they were quite excited about. And what are the key milestones that this funding will take you? So we will build two further hubs strategically placed from a geographical perspective so we can better serve the whole country. And we will use the funds to bolster operations and tech, which we feel are the most important drivers for our business. The launch of the verticals, doctor consultations and lab testing. And that will help us get to an annualized revenue of 40 million by the end of next year. I love this. That's amazing. We've been working together with you already for more than two years. And I remember two and a half years ago, I was like, well, that's ambitious. Okay, let's see where they're at. But so far, you've only been exceeding all the expectations that you've been raising with the investors. And that that really speaks. That's really great to see. So this round right now, as an investor, you're always looking into an exit. Three weeks ago, even Jack Ma, the founder of Alibaba, made an unexpected stopover in Dhaka. And there's been many speculations about his business interests in Bangladesh, I can see it with your established supply chain network, your great tech, not just pharma and insurance companies, but also delivery companies from China, et cetera, may be interested in potential buyouts. We even saw a similar company in India, 1MG, being acquired by Tata Digital for $88 million two years ago. Is this something investors can expect when they invest in the Roga or what other exit scenarios do you foresee? Absolutely what you mentioned. That is all that we're looking at. There is buyouts. Alibaba has invested in a few things in Bangladesh. And I think one of the reasons Jack Ma visited is because there's a further interest from Alibaba and China as a whole. We have very good relationship with China. So there's always investments and import and export, vice versa, going on. Their other options are IPO, which is something that a lot of companies are exploring. Companies from Bangladesh has IPO'd in Singapore. That's an option we can look at in the future. And regional players or uh, local players coming together, cohort of pharmaceutical companies can come and buy us as well. Exits will happen. Exits has to happen and it has happened everywhere. India's kind of went through the same emotions. We are a young company at a young ecosystem, which gives you the opportunity to invest and win big and get great valuations. So that that is kind of what we're selling. We are we are what we are. We say that we're five years behind Indonesia or Malaysia or even India. So the opportunity you saw what's happening now will happen with us in five years as well. And Rosina, why is that for you? Why why should we invest in Aroga? I think people should invest in Aroga because we are solving for serious problems in a fragmented healthcare market in Bangladesh. And we are making a massively positive impact on the lives of many people across the whole of Bangladesh. And it's not just Bangladesh that we could grow into. There are regional countries that we could roll this model out into as well. So the opportunity is massive. I think from an early ecosystem perspective, anyone that invests in Bangladesh right now at such an early stage, as Yara has mentioned already, it's going to be quite a lucrative opportunity for somebody. And we're just super excited in doing more than just B2C medicine delivery. Our vision is to have all these other verticals, such as doctor consultations and lab testing and health insurance, and to become this super health tech platform and ultimately a unicorn. 
Thank you so much, Regina Yawar. I was already excited two and a half years ago when I invested in your pre-seed round. At that moment at Epic Angels, we were just four angels. Now we have more than 200 female investors in our community. So I'm excited to do our follow-on investment in Aroga. Thank you. Stay tuned and we will continue our podcast with angel investors Hester and Mega to hear more about why they are interested to invest in Aroga. Now let's hear from the investors what they have to say about this startup. And please remember, we're not a financial advisor. All opinions expressed by Epic Angels are intended as educational and reflect the personal research and experiences of the team. In today's episode, we invited Mega Kalani to join our conversation. Mega is one of the healthcare experts in the Epic Angel network. As a senior leader at Philips Healthcare Informatics with a background in software engineering, she operates there where healthcare and tech meet. And that gives her that sharp edge as angel investor when vetting healthcare startups with tech at the core. Digital transformation and innovation in healthcare is an area she's very passionate about. We are glad to have her with us today to shine her light on the opportunity to invest in this fast-growing tech-driven company that is driving a healthcare revolution in Bangladesh. Welcome, Maya. So, Aroga, they're really on a mission to improve the fragmented healthcare market using tech in a smart way. Now, given your knowledge of both tech and healthcare, why are you excited about this company? Yeah, I am super excited about Aroga for multiple reasons. I think I can pinpoint three. One would be, and I'll start with that, because the fact that this was the first Epic Angel investment and you have seen the journey come through in terms of how far they have grown from a revenue standpoint, I think that is very exciting. The proof is in the pudding. Personally, for me, the health tech space is super important because of the impact that it brings. If you look at Bangladesh and the population of 168 million, if I'm not mistaken, the ability to reach that number of people in a very tech-driven way is the only way we can bring access to healthcare. I think what they have done really well, along with, let's say, bringing the pharmacy is the tech element. And I think that is super exciting. So the delivery, the inventory management, everything is tech first. And that is the only way you can scale in a country like Bangladesh. So that is the second super exciting piece of it. And lastly, I think what is also very interesting to watch is how they are pivoting towards verticals that are more profitable. So when you look at it from a lab testing or insurance or private labels, all of that bring a much healthier bottom line to to the whole business. So all, in my view, everything is pointing towards the right direction. So that's what gets me super excited about this. Yeah, I think it's interesting that you touch on that, where we see indeed their very razor sharp focus and vision on how they are going to develop the company and further grow. So now they do 2.2 million ARR. They are going to grow this to eight through these healthy margins of the new areas they're going to enter, like doctor consultations, lab testing, all have like margins of 25% and higher. So that is super exciting. Michael, what do you think? What excites you most about Aroga? 
Yeah. Everything make it just sit. And indeed, on, combined with that strong vision that they have, they dream big and they not only dream big, they execute big as well. <laughs> because indeed, we've been following them now for two and a half years. And I remember when we spoke with them two and a half years ago, it's like, well, 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 right? I mean, I love it that you have a big vision, but first get some stuff done. And they have done that, right? They've really executed. They've executed way better than we actually imagined that they could do. And they keep that big vision. They really understand, okay, how do we get to that next level on all different dimensions in terms of quality, in terms of quantity, indeed healthy margins, expanding on the different verticals. The story makes sense. And again, that combined with an amazing execution with the four of the founders, that's super strong for me. Just for context, at the moment that we invested two years ago, they didn't even have a website. I remember they only oh. had the app. Yeah. And now they do 2.2 million. In the meanwhile, there are two rounds further. In the previous round, they had real big names investors investing in them. Yeah, Hyper from San Francisco. Yeah, Andreessen yeah. and Sequoia came in. So that's also testament to know that they're really onto something. And make us wondering, what, do, what challenges do you see that will be critical for them to overcome to continue their success? Yeah, I think one of the challenges is the focus from a, let's say, geographical standpoint within Bangladesh. And so I know that they want to be all Bangladesh and they are actually using some of the funds from this round to look into the other two warehouses, right? What we have seen in other areas and in my experience in ASEAN is that the willingness to pay and let's say the higher basket size sits in the Dhaka city in this case, or a Jakarta in Indonesia. And the minute you start to go more rural, from an impact perspective, you're definitely going higher and higher. But from a, a logistics, from a willingness to pay, etc., the dollar value is shrinking and the costs are going high from an inventory standpoint. So I guess that this is where I think the verticals that they're expanding into is also super important and how they manage to do both of that. But as someone who is super passionate about access to care and healthcare, I like that it is both of those. And we just don't limit to the population that's 20 million in Dhaka and can afford it. So I actually like that. It's a watch out that they need to be aware of. But that passion, I think the team also has to really go into these rural area and they are aware that the price point is sensitive in these areas. And that is beyond their two warehouses. What I understand, that's a that's an intermediary mm-hmm. step. After this, they're going to build this network of pharmacies, which will bring their costs down because these pharmacies will ultimately be their warehouses. They will take the stock plus cater for this last mile delivery, which brings logistical costs down. So that will ultimately make the price point a lot more friendly and actually accessible for the rural areas in Bangladesh. And I think that is one, that is why I always index so highly on the team This team is amazing and they're able to come up with these smart solutions because exactly the challenge that you say, they know it and they're already planning ahead for it, how to to solve it. They talked also about the B2C, B2B, how they are very concerned about improving the fragmented healthcare market in Bangladesh and improving the lives of individuals in Bangladesh through health. 
it's very exciting when we look at the country level to be investing in Bangladesh, honestly. This is a hugely growing market. They call it the tiger market in APEC. Do you have a view on the Bangladesh market, what the opportunities are getting in at this moment? Yeah, so can't speak from experience, to be very honest. So have not really played in the Bangladesh market from my 13 years of healthcare back experience, but it is definitely exciting from the internet penetration, but also how quickly it's getting digitized completely on the B2C front. But on the contrary, the hospitals and the healthcare system is not at all digitized, right? It's still all paper-based. So the fact that that you can combine that digital growth and the economic growth and with that, the willingness to pay that's coming with a, a vision of also digitizing the country healthcare. So it's sort of B2G eventually and the data collection that's happening like from a long-term perspective, that's also super exciting. So I think Bangladesh in general is a space to watch, and it also shows from the investors that have invested in it that it's not just us, but globally people are looking for that. But curious to also get, Mikey, your take on it. I still need to visit Bangladesh, still on my list. <laughs> I also just, over the weekend, read a BCG report that was done about Bangladesh. So the Boston Consulting Group just did a study about why Bangladesh is such an interesting economy to invest in right now. Because, of course, that was also a question for me. I mean, Bangladesh, it's a little bit unknown. And, and when you don't know, you get uncertain. So I was really excited to see this BCG report from November 2022. So it's a super recent report. And what they say, indeed, it's they call it the trillion dollar price. And they say it's the fastest growing economy. And with the stability that's there, I mean, everyone looks at India, how fast that's growing. But if you look at the GDP growth, that's 3.9% India. Whereas Bangladesh has been 6.4% over the past five, six years, right? And the last year was even 7.25%, I believe. That's just insane. If you look at those numbers, like what? And they all say there's going to be a couple of champions that really understand the digital place, the digitization play, really doing it in a structural way. Those can be the champions in this country and grow together with the economic growth. Yeah, super exciting. We heard Jawar talk about the exit opportunities as well, as we just spoke about Bangladesh and the potential that it has. Uh, we also saw Jack Ma visiting Bangladesh. So there's a lot going on. Now, if we look at potential exit scenarios, which is always interesting for investors to think about, we heard a few options mentioned by Jawar and Rosina. Uh, IPO is one of them. Acquisition is another one. What is your view, Mega, on this? Yeah, I think from my perspective, not so sure how many startups in Bangladesh have successfully done IPOs. So that seemed like a little bit of a stretch to me. And I know that some have listed actually on the Indian stock market. So it's it's interesting. But again, it goes back to the whole tech element, right? Like it is a very good, either a buyout candidate or from an M&A perspective for pharma companies that can become very interesting very quickly. And that is more of a near term that I can see and more realistic in my view, because there's the tech and element and the last mile delivery element to it, both of which are very exciting for a number of players, actually. So, 
yeah, that would be my take on that. And that's another exciting piece. Yeah, I think exactly what you said, Megan. Of course, there is the healthcare element that's at the core of their business, but the way they build it with the tech and the delivery all of a sudden makes them so attractive for other companies that are maybe not even in healthcare. They're like, I don't care about this healthcare part, but what you've built here is something that I can really, really use for my organization. And that's worth a lot to build it at that scale where they're already at. So I can clearly see that as an exit scenario as well. Yeah, delivery platform. With the supply chain being broken, as Sozina said, any type delivery could be very interested in this. But also indeed pharmaceutical companies, I can totally see that uh, they have interest in what they have built so far. Yeah. Absolutely. That could also be another vertical they could look at from a licensing of the tech perspective, right? Like we haven't talked about that, but like why wait for a merger or an acquisition? Why not use your tech as a licensing to another vertical, whether it's delivery companies, et cetera. So I think there's more to it with all the tech that's that's behind it to bring it to life, but definitely an acquisition potential as well. I'm very excited about this deal, both because it impacts individual lives, it improves the supply chain of the healthcare market in Bangladesh, and it also provides opportunity for Bangladesh as such to develop. So on many different levels, it takes great boxes, and I think the team is just very well catered to pick these opportunities up on all these levels. So, yeah, I'm very keen to see where this is going. Mega, thank you very much. Is there anything else that you would like to share for potential investors? No, I think in closing, I would say it's a very exciting opportunity that doesn't come often. So I'm really excited about it, and I'm hoping so are others. So thank you for having me. Thank you very much sharing your insights with us. We hope you enjoyed looking behind the scenes. The objective of this podcast is to demystify angel investing and to share insights so you can learn more about the world of venture capital. Interested to see if you can become an angel investor yourself? Contact us via info at epicangelnetwork.com or go to our website at epicangelnetwork.com.